What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Talking Sports Down South. I know I'm a little late. We done missed two weeks of college football and one week of the NFL. I was a little busy last week, so I do apologize. We will try to limit that. It's been kind of hectic at work lately. So, um, before we get started, if you wouldn't mind, please subscribe to the podcast, whatever you use, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, whatever it is you use to listen to your podcast, uh, subscribe to it, leave us a rating, a review, tell your friend, share it on social media, let's get the word out there, let's get us a good fan base going so we can keep these episodes going, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a lot of big things in store for Talking Sports Down South, my good buddy, my good friend that I told you all about in the first episode should be coming on the podcast within the next week or so, two weeks, something like that. I've lined up a interview with right-hand pitcher for the San Antonio Missions baseball team, the MILB, the Padres affiliate, Felix Benjarez. We will be having him on the podcast soon. Uh, a couple buddies. I'm going to be bringing them on the podcast. We're going to talk about the sports. We're going to talk about their favorite teams. All kinds of things. So we got some things happening at Talking Sports Down South. Um, let's see. We're just going to do a quick run through of week one of college football. We're not going to try to study it too hard because we still got to catch up on week two. And week one of college football. So, uh, let's see. We had Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Like I told y'all in the first podcast, first episode, Ohio State was going to win. They won by 11 points. But, hey, that win doesn't look as great as it did in week one and we will get to that a little bit later Alabama beat Utah State of course welcome to the cupcake schedule uh, start the season out of course uh, let's see Georgia beat Oregon wasn't even close I think it was like 49-3 Oregon's defense had Stinson Bennett Bennett looking like Tom Brady out there with it was like 360-something yards, two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Bo Nix looked completely uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, oh, before I go any further, I completely forgot. I'm sorry. Like I told you, it's been busy at work. Um, we are starting a new thing where you can email in, conversate with us, let us know what you want to talk about, let us know anything that is on your mind a specific topic, something of that nature, or if you just even want to just say hi, whatever it is, you can now do that by emailing anything, all of your comments, concerns, questions, debates, whatever it is, to talkinsportsdownsouth at gmail.com. That's talkinsportsdownsouth at gmail.com. And don't forget, the talking is T-A-L-K-I-N. Talking Sports Down South at gmail.com. Send it in. We'll even put some of it on the podcast. Um, 
Yeah, like I was saying before, Oregon's defense just made Stinson Bennett look like Tom Brady. It was unreal. Uh, speaking of Oregon, you know, being an LSU fan, I seen and had to watch my favorite team play against Bo Nix a couple times. And let me just put it this way. Bo Nix was better at Auburn than what he has been at Oregon. At least against top-tier talent, I should say. Um, <clears throat> he just he looked uncomfortable in the pocket all night. He only had like 172 passing yards. I think he had like two interceptions. But week two, they turned around and played Eastern Washington. And they beat him 70-14. But again, it's Eastern Washington. Like I said, Bo Nix looked uncomfortable against top-tier talent. Not your local, you know, community college talent. Don't get me wrong, these smaller schools do have talented players. They just don't have a whole team of talented, you know, five, four-star talent. But even, you know, he had five touchdowns a week, too, against Eastern Michigan. 277 yards. So, like I said, week one versus week two of Oregon, completely different story. Week one, they played top-tier talent. Week two, they did not. Week one, they lost 49-3. to Week two, they won 70-14. to So, you tell me which one was a more even game. I'm going to go with week one. And they just look terrible. Um... As, uh, USC is for sure going to take the Pac-12. Not even a question. There's no... There's no... Uh, there's no competition in the Pac-12. All they... I mean... I don't know. I can't say that for sure. Because at the start of the season, I thought that USC's only loss would either come to UCLA or Notre Dame. I'm not so sure about the Notre Dame part anymore. Uh... UCLA is still a good chance, just because uh, just because uh, UCLA seems to always have USC's number. But Caleb Williams, which is now I seen earlier, he is now the number two favorite quarterback to win the Heisman. Granted, it's only week two. Uh, I don't even think Joe Burrow was a. Heisman favorite before the Alabama game in 2019 a lot of things can change of course CJ Stroud is the number one favorite followed by Caleb Williams followed by Bryce Young and don't get me wrong I I would like to see Caleb Williams jump CJ Stroud and the Heisman favorite race because Get some new names in there. Get some fresh faces. Different conferences. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's had a good season so far through two weeks. Two, uh, He had six touchdowns, 590 passing yards through two games. So, you know, week one of the podcast, I said that USC was going to be one of my dark horses to take that number four spot. And I'm sticking with it. I think USC could go undefeated. I really do. 
especially after seeing uh, Notre Dame lose to Marshall week two. I really think that USC can go undefeated and take that number four spot. But I'm also going to keep Oklahoma as another dark horse to take that four spot. But I think it's becoming more highly unlikely and more that I'm sticking with USC to take that four spot. Of course, Georgia is one. Ohio State is two or three. And at the start of the season, if you would have told me that Alabama would have struggled against Texas as an LSU fan, I would have said, I fully believe it. I believe I would have, I at the time, I believed that it would have been a great game. But I had a feeling that Alabama was going to run away with it. That was not the case. Uh, Alabama did beat Texas in week two by one point. Let me say that again. The number one team beat a unranked team by one point. <clears throat> so, Texas, I mean, Alabama was in a lot of uncharted territory in week two. Um, but we're still going to go back to week one. I'm getting a little sidetracked. I apologize. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. I lied. Not every team that I picked won. I did pick Utah to beat uh, Florida. And I was wrong. Florida won. Surprisingly, Florida won. I will give them their props. Florida came out and did their thing week one of college football. Um, <clears throat> you know, what was that final score? 29-26, Florida, unranked Florida, beat the number seven, team, number seven team in the country with Utah. Uh, Anthony Richardson just had a night. Uh... He just had himself a heck of a night. I think there's going to be some good things to come out of Florida, especially having Billy Napier down there, first year, first wins against a, a top 10 team. Granted, some of it wasn't the prettiest play, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. You know what I'm saying? If an unranked team beats a ranked team, the win is a win. Doesn't matter how pretty it is. But, though this may be hypocritical, but if a, a ranked team, especially a top five ranked team, only beats a unranked team by a few points or loses, looks even worse. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be some good things to come out of Florida with Anthony Richardson down there. Uh, they didn't have any passing touchdowns week one. But he did have a rushing touchdown. He did have 168 yards, which, granted, it's not the greatest, but he didn't turn the ball over at all. Uh, he had very minimal um, incomplete passes, but he ran 11 times for 106 yards. 9.6 yards per carry for not one, not two, but three Rushing touchdowns. 
I think Anthony Richardson should go up a little bit more. They have him at the bottom of the Heisman favorites. I think he should go up a little bit more. <clears throat> so, some good things going to come out of Florida, I think. They kind of stumbled up in week two. We'll talk more about it when we get back. We're going to take us a quick break. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, we left off on Florida and Anthony Richardson. Like I said, I think he should be bumped up a little bit in the Heisman favorite. They got him at the very bottom. That man had 106 rushing yards week one, three touchdowns. You got him at the bottom of the list. Come on, man. Y'all playing. I know it's still early, but keep an eye out on Anthony Richardson. I think he's going to move his way up a little bit in that Heisman favorite uh, running. <clears throat> I don't think that he might get the invite, though. But he's going to work his way up, I promise you. Uh, let's see. Now we got to talk about the ugly LSU versus Florida State in New Orleans. The Brian Kelly era began Sunday night. In the Little Caesars, I'm just kidding, it's just Caesars. In the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. I don't care who you are, it's always going to be the Superdome to me. The Louisiana Superdome, whatever you call it. I normally just call it the Dome, but regardless, he made his era debut for LSU. And, uh, oh, wasn't pretty, y'all. Jaden Daniels was the entire offense. You might as well have just put him out there by himself. I'm not lying. Offensive line couldn't block to save their life, man. Uh, the special teams was just atrocious. Two blocked field goals. Two fumbles on a punt return. Uh, Defense, they were just, uh, they were playing zone all night, leaving too much space between them and the receivers. And that is where Florida State was eating our lunch. And it was just horrendous. You know, Jordan Travis was just tearing that LSU defense up with those little short dump-off passes that turned into, you know, a three-yard pass turned into like 15 yards. Because we were playing zone defense, we were leaving too much space across the middle, too much space in between the defenders, the defensive backs, and the receivers. And it was just, there was no change at halftime. It was just ridiculous. <clears throat> um, at one point, LSU was down, what, it was 10 to 17. I don't know. I can't even remember. I tried to block out that game. It was ridiculous. Uh, but we were down two possessions. If I do recall, we scored. Um, Florida State ended up having to punt to us. But Malik Neighbors, for the second time of the night, fumbled the return. Setting Florida up in the red zone. If they had scored again, I think it was a one-possession game. Or maybe it was two. I can't remember. Um, but... I want to say it was, too, because if they were set up in the red zone, if they would have scored again, there wouldn't have been a lot of time left for us to make uh, two touchdowns because Florida's offense was just eating the clock up. They definitely won time of possessions. Uh, I don't even know what the time of possession was for 
uh, Florida State. But, um, I mean, they were better at third downs than LSU. Uh, had more passing yards. Less sacks. Less penalty. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry, LSU had less penalties. Uh, but still, regardless, Florida all the way around was pretty good, solid unit um, to start out the season. And LSU just didn't have an answer for it. But, lo and behold, uh, Florida fumbled. Florida State fumbled uh, in the red zone where they were set up from the Malik Neighbors fumble on the punt return. LSU recovered it on the one-yard line. And we had like a minute 29, 25, something like that to travel 99 yards for the score. And Jaden Daniels went to work. He made it happen. Traveled down the field. 99 yards for the touchdown. Send the kicking team out to tie up the game for a PAT to go to overtime. And the snap is down and, oh, it's blocked. Damian Ramos had two blocked field goals in that game. And we end up losing 24-23 to for the debut of Brian Kelly at LSU. Didn't look good. Had the, there was a lot of things that needed to be cleaned up. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not even a hundred percent. You know, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that it was cleaned up because the following week we played Southern, not Southern Miss. Uh, we played the the Fighting, were they the Fighting Jaguars? I think or uh, the Southern University Jaguars. An HBCU school from Baton Rouge, less than 11 miles apart. They have never, ever, ever played LSU in the school's history. And they're from the same city. And finally played at Tiger Stadium in Death Valley, at Death Valley in Baton Rouge, to a sold-out crowd. And, uh, I mean, they end up getting a win 65-17, and Jaden Daniels looked pretty good. And 10 of 11. He had one incomplete pass. Three touchdowns. 12.5 yards per pass. Um, or an average of 12.5. 137 yards. With a 285.5 QBR. Uh, but he didn't stay in the game long. You know. We got what we needed, got him out of there so he didn't get hurt. Oh, and he had a rushing touchdown, rushed three times for 18 yards. Then we put Garrett Nussmeyer in there. <sighs> he had 10 incomplete passes. He threw for 183 yards. He had two interceptions as well. I do not think Garrett Nussmeyer will be the future. I'm jumping ahead. That is week two. All right, now let's fast forward to week two. We are done with week one of college football. We are on to week two. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more of that. We're going to take another break. Uh, just know there was a lot of upsets in week two. Uh, one of them coming from the number one recruiting class lost to an unranked Appalachia State. I'm sure you already know who it is, but we're going to talk about it. 
And then we had the number one team did not look pretty against an unranked team. We're going to talk about it when we get back. And we are back. Um, so, yeah, week two of college football was a wacky one, if you ask my opinion. But uh, before we went and took a little break, I had mentioned that Appalachia State beat the number one, number one rated recruiting class, Texas A&M. They paid this team $1.5 million to come down to Texas A&M to lose to the team that they paid $1.5 million to come. thought it was going to be a cakewalk. 17-14. Down goes Texas A&M. They were the number six ranked team in the country at the time. I mean, their quarterback was 13 of 20, so he had seven incomplete passes. Not that bad. He only had 97 yards. Though he didn't throw an interception or a touchdown. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, Texas A&M had two turnovers. I mean, that's what killed him was the turnovers. The Russian... Russian game wasn't there. 89 yards in rushing, 97 yards in passing. For a grand total of 186 yards? Man. Nine first downs, two of eight on third down. Just oof, wasn't great. Was not great at all. While Appalachia State had 315 total yards, 134 through the air, 181 on the ground, no interceptions, 22 first downs. They completed three of five on fourth down. This team got paid $1.5 million to come in there and show y'all up with that number one recruited class. And you're wondering, yeah, I'm talking a little smack because I'm an LSU fan. Texas A&M only ever beat LSU once, and that was in seven overtimes. You know, the most in college football history until I think last year they went, one of them went to like nine overtimes or something. Um... So, yeah, that just goes to show you, it doesn't matter where your recruiting class ranks. could happen on any given Saturday, and it did three times. Uh, I'm not really going to say the Florida-Kentucky game was an upset, but by definition it was because Florida was ranked 12 and Kentucky was ranked 20. So... But for sure, twice. The second one being Notre Dame versus Marshall. And Notre Dame lost. The second week in a row without Brian Kelly. Uh, Notre Dame lost two weeks in a row. Since losing Brian Kelly as head coach in the offseason. Brian Kelly went down to LSU where his debuting game was not the greatest. Um... See, oh, the most watched game of the week, Texas versus Alabama. And boy, was it a great game. That was the first game of the of the day that I watched. And Bryce Young went out there with like 59 seconds left and did his thing. 
I mean, it was 27 of 39, 213 yards with a passing touchdown. Um, that final drive, man, Texas left too much time on the clock. But it was a great game all the way around. Um, I will say as an LSU fan, it was nice to see an officiating crew call penalties against Alabama. I mean, they had 15 penalties where, you know, the week before against Utah State, they had, oh, 11. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Six. Uh, so, six to 15, it was nice to finally see an officiating crew call penalties. And there were a lot of blatant penalties out they were in the first quarter, first half, going into the second quarter. I've seen two or three blatant defensive pass interference that Alabama just got away with. And finally, it's more towards like the second half of the game where the refs actually started calling penalties. And it's not like they were questionable penalties or, you know, the refs were quote unquote trying to help Texas. Like they were blatant penalties. Blatant defensive pass interferences, face masks. I mean, even still, Alabama still got away with some penalties that didn't get called that really should have. Unsportsmanlike conducts, you know, blindside blocks or crack black blocks, whatever they call it. Uh, But the number one team only won by one point against unranked Texas. And I'm telling you now, Quinn Ears went out and the end of the first quarter with a shoulder injury. He's going to be out like four to six weeks, and that sucks. Quinn Ears was throwing darts out there on that Alabama defense. Kind of like back in 2010 when Alabama played Texas and they took out Colt McCoy. I don't know. It might be that Bama bounty. I don't know. I'm just saying kind of fishy. But had Quinn Ears not gotten hurt, I think that they probably would have dropped at least 30 on Alabama because he was just throwing some lasers out there. And, I mean, they still put up 19 points without him. So that's why I think, you know, had he not got hurt, easily 30 points, Texas would have beat Alabama. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an LSU fan. Like I said, starting this starting this podcast at the very beginning, I said it was going to be all unbiasedness. Alabama looks sloppy. Undisciplined. Pfft. <sighs> I mean, offensive line, the Texas defensive line was just having their way with Alabama's offensive line. Receivers couldn't really create a lot of separation. I mean, the run game was somewhat decent. Uh, I'm not going to say it was terrible. I'm not going to say it was great. You know, they had 161 in the rushing yards. But they were eating Texas up with the running on some series and some series Texas just had answers for it. Um there was I'm guessing you're gonna call this a controversial play in the end zone where Texas got to Bryce Young and um I'm not a hundred percent sure what they would consider down. To me it looked like his shin, the lower half of his shin was on the ground in the end zone, which would have been a safety. Um, but they called it 
roughing the passer with targeting. And I was a little confused by that um, with the roughing the passer part of it because by the time he had gotten hit, he still had the ball in his hand. Now, granted, he's rolling over a Texas defender, but he still had the ball in his hand, and he barely even got touched. But um, <clears throat> tried to throw the ball out, hit a Texas defender in the helmet. If you ask me, it looked like intentional grounding, which would have resulted in a safety. But that's not the way they called it, and you can't challenge penalties, which I understand the reasoning behind, but I think there's certain penalties and and situations like that that you should be able to challenge. But also, you can't just lay blame on something like that because Texas had a missed field goal going into the half. I mean, Bird Auburn missed a 20-yard field goal just as you know with eight seconds left going into the halftime, and that killed him, you know. Had he had not done that, may have won. Boy, that would have been a headline. Auburn <laughs> beats Alabama. <laughs> not Auburn from Alabama. The kicker, Burt Auburn, with a game-winning field goal. Boy, that would have been a headline. But it didn't happen. Um, I am eager to see how Alabama's season turns out. I think... I think uh, Nick Saban's probably chewing in somebody's tail end right now. Uh, I'm sure there's some players that don't have any hide in left after uh, after Saturday's bout. Um, he's probably got them running bleachers all through Bryant Denny today. But they, I don't know. It was it was weird. I. I I'm not used to seeing Alabama in that predicament. Uh, as an LSU fan, it was nice to see Alabama actually have a tough game and struggle. But it was weird. But I think Nick Saban's probably going to whip them up into shape. Uh, I mean, they got A&M coming up in a few weeks. Arkansas, Tennessee. So, I mean, I don't think they really have many more tough games on the schedule because, let's just be honest, even though I'm an LSU fan, I'm going to keep it unbiased. LSU's probably going to lose to Alabama. Do I think it's going to be close? Yeah, last year it was close, and we didn't have near the quarterback we did with Max Johnson to Jaden Daniels. Uh, we only lost by like six points. So, yeah, I think it's going to be close, but I still think we take the L, which sucks because now we're going back on this winless streak against Alabama. But um, I don't know. I don't really see too much more you know, competition for Alabama in the SEC. Until they get to the SEC championship, where I'm sure Georgia's going to route them. Unless somehow Georgia takes a downhill spiral. Um, which did not happen in week two of college football. Uh, let's see. I mean, they played Samford. Uh, I don't even know where Samford's from. They've won 33 to nothing. Stinson Bennett, again, looking like Tom Brady out there. Which was fine week one. They was playing Oregon. Top, you know, at one point a top tier school. I mean, he did throw 300 yards. One touchdown. No interceptions. Um, the rushing game was there. 127 yards. When Samford only had 19 rushing yards. But again, I see small schools. I can't say nothing. LSU played Southern. HBCU from Baton Rouge, you know. Small school, they got some, they, I'm not gonna lie, they got some good players on there now. 
but they just don't have the team full of top-tier talent. <clears throat> oh, and remember back in episode one of the podcast, if you're a Vanderbilt fan where I told you, hey, don't get your hopes up because you won against Hawaii, then you turn around and won what was everybody else's week one, but y'all's week two. I don't know, it's kind of weird. Y'all thought it was 2-0. and Well, I told you don't get your hopes up because for too long, y'all was going to catch that loss. And they did against the number 23 team, Wake Forest, 40-25, to bringing Vandy to 2-1. and That might be the only two wins that they get this year. So, enjoy them. Uh, Tennessee beating the number 17 team in the country in overtime, 34-27. to Missouri did what Missouri normally does and lost 40-12. to uh, LSU won 65-17. to Kentucky beat Florida 26-16. Mississippi State played Central Arkansas. It's 59-3. to Auburn barely squeaking by against San Jose State 24-16. to What is going on over there in Auburn? Because TJ Finley did not look the greatest. Uh, you know, we'll see. See what happens. Um, what else happened around the league? Uh, in the Big Ten, Ohio State played Arkansas State, forty-five to twelve. Go figure. Penn State whooped up on Ohio, forty-six to ten. Oh, another upset. Washington State beat the number nineteen team, seventeen to fourteen. Wisconsin losing. Whew. Man, the upsets of the weekend is crazy. Yeah, you had your Iowa State versus Iowa, 10-7. Pretty close game. Number 14, Michigan State beat Akron, 52 to nothing. Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern. Are you going to call that an upset? When was the last time Nebraska was really relevant? 45-42, which led to Nebraska firing their head coach. Uh, Michigan whooped up on Hawaii, fifty-six to ten. So uh, outside of the upsets, college football was fairly normal. Um, Arkansas beat uh, South Carolina, forty-four to thirty. Utah beat Southern Utah, seventy-three to seven. That's wild. I uh, remember I told you number eight. Notre Dame lost 26-21 to to Marshall. Was not there. Um, Tyler Buckner with two interceptions. And I think he went out with an injury. I think he's going to be out for a little bit. Uh, other than that, oh, Texas Tech beat the number 25 team 33-30 to against Houston. Pretty quiet week outside of all the... Uh, Upsets, you know, BYU beat Baylor 26-20. to Other than that, it was pretty quiet. Try not to take up too much of your time. Now, let's get into week one of the NFL. Yes, finally. For all you fantasy players out there, like I am, was a little disappointing. Uh, and by the way, by the time this comes out, it'll, uh, it'll be Tuesday. But I'm recording this right now while the Denver Broncos versus Seattle Seahawks game is going on. 
And if you remember in week in the very first episode, I said I'm taking Russell Wilson returning back to CenturyLink Field. Not looking too good. Geno Smith's out there looking like Russell Wilson. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, 195 yards. And he's only got five incomplete passes. Well, Russell Wilson's got 11. 315 yards, though. So if you got Russell Wilson on your fantasy team, he's putting up some points for you. Uh, but the score right now is 16-17. Denver's going to have to punt the ball. But let's dive into week one of the NFL season. First game of the week that I watched was the New Orleans Saints versus them dirty birds in Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons. Not going to lie, I was stressed out for three quarters of the game. Um, You know, offensive line just... There was no protection for Jameis Winston. That offensive line was just crap. I mean, at one point in the game, um, you know, our offensive line let a man come through the B-gap untouched. So, you know, they wouldn't give Jameis any time to let the play develop, get the ball out, anything. All you Jameis haters are going to say, oh, he's holding on to the ball too long, yeah, whatever. You're always going to look for negative stuff with a player that you want to fail. But I want my whole, I want all the players on my favorite team to succeed, including Jameis. I'm a very big Jameis Winston fan. Call me crazy. Send them in the emails. I don't care. Hey, we'll put them on the podcast. We'll talk about it. Um, but uh, there was a significant turning point. I don't know exactly what the injury was, but there was a play where um Jameis Winston had a blitz come in and he was just surrounded. And instead of taking the sack, he pitched it off to Mark Ingram, where Mark Ingram took off, which looked like he might pick up the first down. Wrong. Mark Ingram fumbled the ball. Atlanta got the ball back. The next thing you know, you're looking on the sideline, and Jameis Winston's going in the injury tent, and I'm like, oh, here comes Andy Dalton. He's warming up on the sideline. Jameis Winston come out of that injury tent with that cortisone shot, I suppose. He's seen that red rocket whatever you want to call him, Red Rifle, whatever. I don't know. Andy Dalton warming up on the sideline. He was like, nah, coach, it ain't finna happen. I'm finna go back in this game. I'm going to put this game on my shoulders, and we're going to pull it out. And Jameis went to work, and he started dicing up that Atlanta defense when he couldn't do it for the first three quarters because receivers wasn't making separation. Offensive line didn't want to create any time for him to make a play happen. I don't know if he had a little come-to-Jesus meeting with his offense, but something changed. And Jameis just diced that defense alive. They went like 16 of 19 just in the fourth quarter alone. Two touchdowns, 213 yards, no interceptions. Jameis went off in the fourth quarter. Now, Saints offense, I doubt you're listening to this, but if you are, one, that'd be pretty cool. And two, we need to do that for four quarters. Michael Thomas can't guard Mike. Throw the muscles up. He is back. Missed the whole 2021 season. And man, this man come back slipping on routes. Not being synced up with Jameis on the routes. And it just looked terrible. Fourth quarter come around. Michael Thomas said, now nah, this is it. We are done with this. That man had two touchdowns and both touchdowns. 
was defensive pass interference. I mean, they were just holding uh, Michael Thomas, and he still made the touchdown. Jarvis Landry did his thing. Chris Olave got in there a little bit. Alvin Kamara takes some hill. The offense just looked great for one quarter, though. I want to see them do that for all four quarters. Um, if you like me and took Aaron Rodgers in your fantasy league, he really let me down with uh, 3.6 points, I think. Wasn't great. Jonathan Taylor really helped bail me out that entire kill. Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, their new quarterback, Matt Ryan. Oh, hold on. Before we go any further, I'm sorry. You know all them um, blown leads that Atlanta had? Matt Ryan. Oh, Matt Ryan's the cause of it. You ain't got Matt Ryan no more. You still blew a 16-point lead. 26-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. You blew it. Atlanta doing Atlanta things. Things didn't look too great up there in <clears throat> Indianapolis, though. For the Colts, as bad as this going to sound, Davis Mills went off for Houston. 240 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It went 23-37. Now, let's paint you a picture real quick. The AFC South had no winners for week one, and two of them played against each other. They lost, went to a tie. Texans and the Colt, Matt Ryan, was 32 of 50. 352 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But Jonathan Taylor went off, 31 rushes, 161 yards. <clears throat> That's, you know, roughly 5.2 yards per carry, one touchdown. He went off, and I'm glad I got Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy lead. <sighs> Talking about the overtime and the tie, there should be not, there should not be any ties in the NFL. Um, I would like to have some of the listeners email in. Let's talk about this. What do you think? Do you think ties are a good thing in the NFL during the regular season? Or do you think it just messes things up? So send the email in. Let's talk about it. Talking sports down south at gmail.com. Can't wait to see some of these emails. We'll talk about it. We might even put it on the podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Let your friends know. Share it on social media. Let's get the word out there. Let's get talking sports down south out to the public. All off season. Oh, Patrick Mahomes ain't gonna be nothing without Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes needs Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes went off 44 to 21 against the Arizona Cardinals with five touchdowns, 360 yards. Hey, and he only had nine incomplete passes in the whole game. So that man went off without Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey come in clutch for him, 121 yards, one touchdown. I don't even know how to pronounce this dude's name. Pachico, I don't know. Uh, they're running back. We're just going to put it that way. Uh, he had 62 yards, 12 rushes, 5.2 yards per carry, uh, one touchdown. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair had 42 rushing yards, with seven rushes, being an LSU fan, I got a root for Clyde Edward Elair. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, Juju Smith-Schuster had a, a pretty decent game. Eight targets, six receptions, had two, two incomplete passes. He didn't catch two balls, uh, but he ended up having 79 yards, 
averaging out to be 13.2 yards per catch. And Valdi Scantlin, 4 of 4 for 44 yards, averaging out to be 11 yards per catch. Um, other than that, seemed like Travis Kelsey was the go-to man, averaging 15.1 yards per carry. Uh, uh, Kyler Murray... He was alright. Do I think he deserved that contract that he got in the offseason? No, not really. He hadn't really proven anything. But hey, that's just my opinion. Maybe we can talk about it. Send some emails in. We'll talk about it. 193 yards, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. But they still lost. I mean, James Conner had a touchdown. The whole offseason was Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be anything without Tyreek. It seemed like Patrick Mahomes might just be all right without Tyreek. Uh, let's see some other games. Oh, the Bears and the 49ers. The uh, Trey Lance era began in a pool. So much water up there in Chicago. It was just a half. Chicago got a penalty. Unsportsmanlike conduct. The uh, placeholder come out there with a towel, tried to dry up the kicking area. Got an unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, that just goes to show you how much rain there was. <clears throat> Didn't look great. First few game, first few quarters. Justin Fields finished out with 121 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Trey Lance had zero touchdowns, 164 yards, and one interception. We're just gonna chalk this one up as the weather. We'll see what happens next week with them. Uh, Bills and the Rams, it was not even close. I told y'all from the beginning that the Bills were going to beat the Rams, but I said it was going to be close. But Matthew Stafford looked like doggy doo-doo out there with three interceptions. Uh, what's some more games? Okay, Detroit, I see you 38-35 to loss to Philadelphia. You only lost by three points. That's not bad, Detroit. We, They are moving up in the world. And uh, Packers-Vikings, man. Justin Jefferson went off on that Green Bay defense. As wide receiver U, LSU, J-Jets, 184 yards, two touchdowns, nine reception. Man, that man was averaging out. 20.4 yards per catch. Kirk Cousins out here looking like Tom freaking Brady. You hear what I'm saying? Two touchdowns, 277 yards, 23 of 32, no interceptions. Davlin Cook, 90 yards for 20 rushes. <clears throat> but Aaron Rodgers, 22 of 34, 195 yards, zero touchdown, one interception. Aaron, what happened, man? I mean, I know week one last year, you got showed up by the Saints, 38-3. to Maybe week one just isn't Aaron's favorite thing. Y'all just might want to put him on the bench till week two. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, Buccaneers beat the Cowboys 19-3. Uh, huh, I mean, that was a field goal fest to me. That's what I was watching. Tom Brady only had one touchdown to Mike Evans. Um, 
That's who the Saints got to play next week, so we'll see. Uh, nothing else too spectacular. Oh, Joe Burrow with like four interceptions on the night. What? Mitchell Trubisky out here looking pretty decent. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and make some predictions for next week before we have to wrap things up. Saints at Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Saints because the Saints has been the Buccaneers. Just They just had the Buccaneers number since Tom Brady has been in uh, Tampa. And, and I don't see why they'd change it now. Chiefs, Chargers, I'm taking the Chargers. Obviously, I'm taking – I meant I'm taking the Chiefs, taking Patrick Mahomes, Browns, Jets. I'm taking the Browns. Speaking of the Browns, it was Browns versus Panthers, Baker Mayfield's former team, and it didn't look pretty in for the first half of the game. Browns got the win. Uh, Lions, Commanders, I'm taking the Lions. Giants, Panthers, I'm going to take the Giants. Panthers, Steelers, I'm going to go – or Patriots, Steelers, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Colts, Jags, I know they lost to them last year at the end, but I'm going to take the Colts. Ravens, Dolphins, I'm going to go with the Dolphins just because I got Tyreek on my fantasy league. Falcons, Ra uh, Rams, Rams finna just tear up the Falcons. Seahawks, Niners, <laughs> after looking at this game, I'm going to go with the Seahawks because the Seahawks got the, they're going to end up winning 17-16 still with a minute and some odd left. Um, Bengals Cowboys. I'm taking the Bengals. Dak Prescott went out. He's gonna be out for a little bit with a gotta have a surgery to his hand. Texans Broncos. I'm gonna go with the Broncos just because they still. I mean, they still got Russell Wilson. Cardinals Raiders. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. They still got Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. They may have had a bad week, week one, but I'm gonna take them in week two. Bears, Packers, I'm going with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers got to come alive in week two. Uh, Titans, Bills, I'm going Josh Allen and the Bills. Vikings and the Eagles, I'm taking Jay Jets and the e and the Vikings over the Eagles. Week two, uh, let's do some college football real quick. Uh, make some predictions in that. With the top 25, I'm taking... Oklahoma over Nebraska, Michigan over Connecticut, Kentucky over Youngstown State, Georgia over South Carolina, Baylor over Texas State, Ole Miss over Georgia Tech, BYU over Oregon, Penn State over Auburn. Don't believe me, just watch. Uh, Alabama over Louisiana Monroe. But hey, remember last time back in, what was that, 2008, Alabama lost to Monroe? I think it was Monroe. It was either Monroe or Tech. But, obviously, I'm going to take Alabama. Uh, Wake Forest over Liberty. North Carolina State. I'm actually going to take Texas Tech over that game. I think Texas Tech's going to beat North Carolina State. Oklahoma State over Arkansas. Pine Bluff, of course. Ohio State over Toledo. Tennessee over Akron. Arkansas over Missouri State. Pittsburgh over West Michigan. Uh, Western Michigan, I'm sorry. No one to mispronounce their name. Florida over South Florida. Michigan State over Washington. Clemson over LA Tech. Texas over University of Texas at San Antonio. I'm actually going to take Miami over Texas A&M. Utah over South Dakota State. 
and USC over Fresno. <clears throat> Jump to the SEC real quick for the ones that didn't count because, you know, LSU's not in the top 25. I'm actually going to take LSU over Mississippi State. I know Mississippi State's undefeated so far with two wins. LSU's only got one. But I think Brian Kelly may be cleaning some of them sloppy plays up. Be eager to see what happens, but I'm still going to take LSU over Mississippi State just because I do think Brian Kelly is cleaning up the uh, sloppiness. I'm obviously going to take Missouri over Albion Christian College. Vanderbilt versus Northern Illinois. I'm going to take Vanderbilt. I'll give him a little prize. I'm going to take Vanderbilt. Uh, and that's it for the SEC for people that are unranked. Y'all check back here. I'll try not, I'm going to try not to go two weeks of college football without making another podcast. Um, like I said, send in your emails. Let's, let's do some chat and let's talk about it. Talking sports down south at gmail.com. Uh, we might even put it on the podcast and have some more discussions with other people. Uh, like I said, I got some interviews lined up for the podcast in the coming weeks with right-hand pitcher from the San Antonio Missions, Felix Menjarez. Um One of my buddies, he wants to get on here and uh, talk about a few of his favorite teams. We're just going to have some conversations. Uh, and a good buddy of mine, he's supposed to start back on the podcast starting it in a couple weeks. So y'all look out for some good things coming. Leave us a rating, review, follow us on all your podcast platforms. We're on all of them. Let your friends know. Share it on your social medias. And we are out. We'll see y'all next time.